Hey, everybody. Welcome back to No Greater Joy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope that you are celebrating family and focusing on the important things and that you know that we love you. Absolutely. And we're thankful for Jesus and Christmas. Mm -hmm. But hey, we are taking some time away with family, but we wanted you to know that we are looking forward to this new year, 2023. Uh, We have got some special guests lined up. We're going to be recording in the beginning of January, some really great conversations that you will not want to miss. But in the meantime, we hope that you have a great holiday season. We uh, had a lot of fun talking with our pastor, Dave Patterson, on the idea of generations. So we're going to re-air that one today. And if you missed it, check it out. But we hope that you have a great holiday season and that you're celebrating and putting Jesus at the center of it all. That's right. And uh, we love you guys and we'll talk to you in the new year. Merry Christmas. Hey, I'm Peter. And I'm Heather. Welcome Welcome to to No No Greater Greater Joy, Joy. a parenting podcast to help you raise kids who walk in God's truth all the days of their life. Each episode will give you practical advice that will help you align your parenting with the Word of God. Because in the end, there's There's no no greater joy. Hey, we're back. Episode two. We're back. Heather, how's it feel? Good. I'm excited to be back and very excited about the topic today. I think it's going to be great. I am so excited because we have a very special guest on today. But before we get to that, I just want to say thank you to everybody for tuning into episode one. That's right. And just the outpouring of support, all of the feedback from parents on what they want to hear has been really great. And we are going to have a full list of things to talk about over the next That's right. Keep them coming because next we, few months and we want to know what you want to hear. And um, so we had a great parenting event in Napa on uh, Friday night and got to hear directly from parents and We just got so many things we're looking forward to jumping into. But today, we have a very special guest with us who happens to be the lead pastor and founding pastor of the Father's House. That's right. He has been in our lives pretty much our whole lives. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Shaping and discipling us. Can you make some noise for Pastor Dave Patterson in the house? Welcome. All right. (laughs) Pastor Dave, thank you for joining us today. Thanks thanks for having me. I know you're busy. Um, You know, the goal of our show, No Greater Joy, is really just to talk to parents, talk about what is important. And uh, this week, we were spending some time with our staff and talking about where our nation is, talking about where kids are at, talking about where parents are at. And this idea that we need to, um, as parents or as leaders, really take advantage of discipling the next generation because um, you see in the Bible from one generation to the next that some followed God and some didn't. That's it. Right. And uh, so that is kind of a sobering reality. And I was sharing with uh, with some folks today that, you know, there's this stat that's been released this year, 2022, and it's somewhere between 70 and 80 percent that the, that number, 70 to 80 percent of kids or young people are walking away from God when they hit college. Wow, that's so crazy. And it, I don't know, personally, it scares me a little bit. It keeps yeah, me up at night. <laughs> yeah, as a parent, as a, as a pastor, it helps to shape my prayer life. You bet. Um, but... That is a reality that we're facing, that 70 to 80% of kids are walking away from Mm -hmm. God. And that's something that we want to combat. And I was thinking about it this week that, you know, as a parent, I want to take the stance that eternity is real. Right. Mm -hmm. And I want to parent. um, Accordingly. (laughs) Accordingly. Yeah. Eternity is real and I want to play for keeps. I don't want to see these kids lost. Right. I want to see them walking with God. So about that, I wanted to just bring in a great voice. Pastor Dave is 
not only a lead pastor of an amazing church, but also a great father. Yeah, raised two amazing girls right. that are serving Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, we banked our, our whole life with our kids on the word. The Proverbs says, if you raise a child in the way they should go, Right when they're old, they right. will not mm-hmm. depart from it. Right. Doesn't say what they're going to do in the interim. You might have some squirrely years, right? Junior high and a little rebellion seeps in, and we saw some of that. But raising your kids in the house of God, in the Word of God, in the presence of God, yeah. and and covering them with prayer, it, the Word is the Word, and God's yeah. going to be faithful. So, yeah, I'm just. I think one of my greatest joys at this stage of the journey, now that my girls are grown and we're raising grandkids. Uh, is to see them that they they love the house of God. They have a biblical foundation. They have their own relationship with the Lord. And I think parents underestimate the value of raising your children in the house. Mm, yeah. There's yeah. something that happens in the house that because a lot of parents now in our culture they would call themselves Christians mm. uh, just by title and maybe a, a casual church attender. But their sons and daughters don't know anything about that. Mm. All they know is we usually go to the lake or we stay home. And they have a a title of Christianity over them a generation or two removed. Mm. So when they grow up and face culture in college and all the philosophy and everything that's out there and the tide that's against the word of God and against truth, they don't have a leg to stand on. So, I mean, parents just need to get a heads up that it's a bigger deal than we're going to church today. No, we're building a foundation. that will either be a platform for our kids or set them up for collapse if there's an an absence of that. And one of the things that we talked about yesterday at a staff meeting was that we are really in a post-Christian nation. That's Mm -hmm. right. Or or really, you could say that we're an unchurched nation. And so that is different even from a couple generations ago. So what does that mean, post-Christian? Well, post-Christian technically means that people do not identify as Christians or live their life with Bible-based values. And so it's a little nefarious in that the nation has been post-Christian for quite some time, even with the millennials. So the sociologists would tell you that's the age group from 26 to 40. So anybody in that age group is really when our nation went away from uh, biblical-based values, being church attenders, in a, in a, at a rate never known before in our history. Mm. So then they raised up sons and daughters who are now being raised in a completely post-Christian. Mm. People do not identify as Christian. Wow. They don't look to the Bible for truth. Wow. They're not a part of a local church. And that's higher, if you really get down to it, ni- higher than 90 percentile of our nation fall into that category. Now, the stats would show it differently because a lot of people say, well, I'm a Methodist, I'm a Presbyterian, I'm a member of that church, and they haven't been there in two years, or they go at Easter. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you really look at, and I've, I've discussed with a lot of pastors across the nation, many of the cities in our nation, from Seattle to San Francisco to Portland, uh, and even smaller cities, it's less than 4% of that city that attend a life-giving Bible-preaching church. So that's really the state of the nation. Wow. Not do I have a membership somewhere and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I drop by once or twice a year. So we're looking realistically, I mean, even a conservative estimate, more than 90% of our nation are practicing non 
Christian values and lifestyle. That is a post-Christian nation. So the generation growing up right now, the Gen Zers, which would be from the ages of 12 to 25, Hmm. Gen Zers, they have no clue. They don't care about church, never heard about church. Their parents don't take them to church. They don't know how to spell Bible. Uh, They never heard of Noah, Jonah, Esther, Paul. That's the nation that we are raising up right now. And you would call it historically, according to Romans chapter 1, this is a pagan nation. And us old folks like myself, who've been around for several generations, we're still thinking we're built on biblical values. And, you know, if you look at the founding fathers of America, all that kind of stuff. But really now it's a completely different reality. So we're looking at guys like you that pastor young people. You are pastoring a whole generation coming up that has no reference point to to what we hold true and and dear. Yeah. And, you know... um, as we're talking about what we want our children to become, because that's, that's kind of the point of, of the podcast is focusing on the end in mind. Um, you know, then the question begs to be asked, how do we combat this post-Christian nation? Right. How do yeah. we combat the, the thought that kids are walking away from God or they don't know about God in general? And, um, you know, we have to obviously go back to God's word. Yeah. Right. We talked about fads last time, parenting fads come and go, trends come and go. But really, the thing that has never changed is God's heart for his people. Right. That's right. And I think that, you know, people, like you mentioned, people underestimate what it is to partner with the local church and be a, an active part of the local church in terms of raising our children. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, Heather, what do you think? What I mean, we talked about partnering last time. What? How do we fix this problem with partnering with the church and, and making sure that our focus as parents is the house of God? Wow. Well, I also think something really important that you hit on was just what does it what does it even look like? Let's talk practically even for an adult, like for a parent right now. What is the parent's role in this? Because we're going, okay, there's this big problem in the world, right? Nobody's going to church anymore. Nobody's identifying. So what is my role as a parent practically on a Sunday morning? Maybe you could even uh, walk us through before we jump into some other content on what did your girl, when your girls got up on Sunday morning, were they like, are we going to go to church today? Like, or was it just what you did? That's did right. Was it ever even a question? Like, I don't know, maybe well, you could talk to them about here's that. here's the thing, and, and our culture's fought against this. Children must be, need to be, and can be trained. Right. You train up a child. That's right. So you can either train up a child that, that church is not a value to us, or this is what we do. We are people of the house. I mean, Joshua chapter 24, I think it is, verse 15 or around there. Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And when the priests of the home and the parents take that stand, they're actually in a training process that develops a young mind. And that becomes their reality. Their reality is we love the house of God. We go to the house of God. We believe the word of God. We believe in Jesus. That's what you can train a child in that. Now, there will come a point where they have a free will. And rebellion's real and options are real, but they'll have a foundation. And that's what we did. We just, we trained them up in the way they should go, prayed over them, covered them. And when they came to that point in their life, uh, and it usually is junior high to mid-teen where they really make a decision, which way I'm going to go. They had the foundation, they had the training. And that's where a lot of parents deceive themselves into Mm -hmm. thinking they can, they can go around and, and not really put in the time and the effort in the training and the development and the consistency and then expect great results down the road. Mm, Right. Yeah. You know, I I always kind of share this thought that church should not feel unfamiliar to your family. That's right. 
if church feels uncomfortable, um, it's maybe because you haven't participated or shown up or, or engaged enough as a parent or as a person. Yeah. Um, you know, kids should not church for kids should not feel like I don't know anybody. I don't have any friends. It's right. not, you know, it's not comfortable. Uh, the house of God, I, I think in, in perfect reality, it would feel just like your home yeah. for parents. The house of God would feel like I have friends People know my name. I have a place. Yeah, so I can good. I can grow in my gifts. You know, I, I think what we're seeing as pastors is the kids that don't connect on a personal level, like they're not engaged with friends or a small group. The kids who don't um, experience what the gift of God is inside of them and begin to use those gifts. The kids who are not um, submitting themselves to these role models like small group leaders or coaches in their lives these are the kids that we see who walk away and it's because they don't feel like church is a part of who they are. Mm. They don't feel like that structure or that support is there. And those are the kids that I see walking away. Yeah. So for us as pastors, I know our goal is always like, if I can get a kid to discover their purpose, you know, Hey, what has God called you to do? Maybe it's worship. Maybe you're an evangelist. Maybe you've got the arts inside of you. Um, maybe you, you're a preacher. Uh, maybe you're one who's a disruptor in like this, uh, just culture where it's like, everybody's going one way and you're going the other. If I can hone into those gifts and allow kids to, to tap into that and find purpose in the house of God, using those things, they start to take some ownership. This is my church. I feel it. And the ones that I see who just kind of come in, they don't get in groups. They don't make friendships. Those are the ones I I'm worried about. Mm. And so I think for us, that's always our goal is we want to see kids connected, serving, making friends to really combat this feeling of I don't fit or I don't belong. Yeah. And ultimately, I feel like what we're all coming to the conclusion here and what this whole podcast is built on is that this is our job as parents, parents That's right. to get our kids. Let's identify the gifts that God has called our children to be who he's designed them to be. And let's make sure that we place them in the house to be utilized and then what is our job as parent? Let's say, okay, we, we see in the Bible that there's generations and generations of, you know, they're passing down what God has done, right? Maybe yeah. you could speak to that a little bit about maybe the hiccups that we find in passing sure. down or maybe the the right way to do it, the wrong yeah. way to do it. Well, the, the idea is, and you hit on it, is something's going to be passed down. That's right. Mm. Either a value of on Sunday, you know, we all gather around and watch our football team. And that's our dedication point. Yeah. Or sun comes out on weekends, we're at the lake every week. Right. There is a value that will be passed down. And so there's an alarming verse of scripture in Judges chapter 2 that really shows this progression. And we'll just take a couple minutes here and break this down. In really three short generations. And Judges 2 chapter 10 says, After that generation died... Another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and they served the Baals. So wow. here's, here's the way it played out. We have the Joshua generation, right? Mm -hmm. Joshua, Caleb, yep. they saw the Red Sea part. They saw the water in the wilderness out of the rock and the manna from heaven and the power and glory of God and fire at night and cloud by day. Then they go into their inheritance and which is Canaan land, right? Mm -hmm. So God tells him, he says, listen, I'm going to be with you. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, but there's a covenant here. 
you have to remove all of the Amalekites and the Jebusites and the Canaanites and the Parasites. All these pagan <laughs> gods and idols must go, right. okay? And he was, he was teaching them holiness. Well, the generation that was growing up under Joshua, mm. they said, ah, you know, we'll leave an Asherah pole over here in this mm. village and we'll leave an idol here. And yeah, my son's dating a Canaanite, but she's a lovely girl. And oh. they disobeyed the word of the Lord. They began to compromise, wow. intermarry, mm. and leave some of the world's culture. Mm. Oh. Now, here's, the, here's where it gets tricky. That generation grew up leaving those idols and altars and then their kids when they grew up guess what they did mm. they served those false gods wow. bowed at those altars wow. and kept those idols on their mantle and it only took two passive generations of spiritual leadership wow. to go from the joshua generation to a generation who not only they did not know the lord the word tells us mm. they didn't even know about his works so they quit talking about him. Wow. And so all that to say, we are only two generations away. And Gen Z, I think, represents it right now mm -hmm. of a group of young kids growing up. Not only will they not have an experience with God, they won't even know about him. Wow. Mm -hmm. And what happens then? Then you are a completely pagan nation. Now, I know that's all down, down and doom. <laughs> We're going to pick up the nose. Oh, you guys no. will help me pick up the nose in a minute. But if you look at it, that's where we are right now. Mm -hmm. So just a sermon within the sermon, every idol, every shrine, every undealt with enemy that parents leave in the house yeah. mm -hmm. and in their life, whether yeah. that be greed, pornography, spiritual apathy, yeah. whatever that might be, the kids see those idols that's right. yes. and that becomes their reality. That's right. So, and, and God was telling them, if you don't deal with these enemies, they're going to deal with That's you. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're, it, it just, it frightens me and gives me the fear of the Lord that we're only two passive That's generations right. away from complete paganism right. in any nation. And if you study history, you'll see this in the Roman empire and the oh, Greek yeah. empire on all the empires, mm -hmm. they went down the same road, even Britain. Yeah. And uh, so America, uh, again, this is a different sermon, but our spiritual arrogance and our prosperity mm -hmm. arrogance has really placed wow. us at a very volatile place right now in the history of our nation. Wow. Yeah. You know, I know for, for us, when we started to have kids, Heather and I, uh, we felt that that push to really figure out what we were going to conquer. Yeah. You know, Heather uh, Heather's parents and my family too, they both beat alcoholism off, off of right. our family line. Right. They, they overcame that. And, and that's something that we've never struggled with. Uh, but for us, you know, there was things that were deeper that we needed to take care of. Right. And uh, that revelation of these are the things that I want to make sure that my kids never deal with. Right. You know, so I drew some stakes in the ground early on. Good. And one of those was, um, you know, that poverty mindset, hmm. freeing ourselves and finances and making sure that we honored God with, our, with right. our, our tithe and our money and putting God in charge of our finances, uh, breaking that off. Another one was purity, hmm. you know, um, in my family line, making sure that we were men of God who were faithful to our wives. Yep. And live for the higher call right. and live a pure life. And so those are things. And then the last one for me was just personal health. Yeah. You know, that I want to break that off. And I'm still working on that one. But these are things that as a parent, I said, these are stakes that I want to drive in the ground. I'm going to commit to prayer. I'm going to overcome because Good. I don't want my kids to face these struggles. Right. And I think that every single parent listening, you have to decide what are the things that you're going to break. Yeah. For the next generation, we're going to point them to Jesus. But what is the thing that the Holy Spirit is stirring inside of you 
that you need to work on. I think as believers, that's what the Holy Spirit does. It continues to remind us of what God wants to build and to work on in our lives. It's like we never stop growing. Mm-hmm. So um, that's been our focus is like, so good. as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, but these things will not be idols that my kids have to deal with. And I think, again, that comes back to the strength of growing our kids in the house. Because when you have those people in your life who can see things that you can't and they can encourage you and speak to those things, even as a parent, that helps me to get a perspective on what I'm doing for my family and uh, parenting with this ideal of legacy yeah, and uh, parenting with this ideal of what I'm passing on to the next generation. Yeah, I think there was something really important in that story. The, the first the first generation were the people that saw what God did. Yeah. They were the ones that experienced yeah. it. And so I think our role as parents becomes bringing that experience to our kids because I can tell a good story of what God did to my grandpa back in mm-hmm. 1953. But when my kids actually experience Jesus firsthand and I take them hand hand in hand and I go, Hey, this is the God you serve. Look at what he can do in your life, not just ours. So maybe even as a dad who did that, well, how did you bring, bring that to your kids in your home? What did it look like bringing, bringing the presence of God? Well, you hit it on the head. Kids need knowledge of God, but they need their own experience. Mm. Every generation needs its own encounter. I believe every generation needs a true revival, a move of God. That's a baseline of this is who God is. Right now, I'd say in the last uh, 20 years, at least the last 15, that has really been absent uh, from American culture as far as a bona fide outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, young people need their own experience with God where they encounter the person of the Holy Spirit on a one-on-one level. And we we can't orchestrate that, but we can sure set them up yeah, to experience that's it. Right. Uh, a couple things come to my mind. Back when our church was was young, I was not just the lead pastor, but all these young adults start showing up. So I became the young <laughs> adult pastor. And we did a Tuesday night night of worship, and I can remember having 40, 50 young people packed in our little house mm. uh, with bass guitars and acoustic guitars and keyboards and writing songs and worshiping <laughs> till midnight. Awesome. Uh, and at that time when we planted... The girls were four and nine. So at this time, they'd have been either probably around six and 11 years old, right in there. And we wouldn't make them go to bed. Um, Even though, you know, we homeschooled. So we had the luxury, (laughs) you know how the homeschool works, right? Crack of noon, here we go, first class. Uh, But we would just let them stay up. And I remember they'd come down the hall, they'd hear the music, and they would would sit in the presence of God. Mm. Uh, If we were going to go to a great meeting, a revival meeting, or some anointed leader, we'd make sure they were with us. And if if I had any backstage access, you know, I was introducing them to powerful people of God and, and nights of worship. And so just always making sure that they were comfortable in the presence of God. That that was their atmosphere they grew up in. Mm. And then as we did that, what took place is they had their own encounters. Mm. You know, we took them to mission trips at a young age and both of them encountered God in radical ways, uh, whether in Africa or Haiti, Philippines, India. Um, So I would say to, what I would say to parents is position your children to be where they can make contact with God in a supernatural way. Even getting them into the house of God on a weekend. You never know. I I love our our pursuit night. It's just a prayer and prophetic night, but I look over kind of down in the altar area. Mm -hmm. And if you look to the right, you know, your son and daughter are down there and my grandsons are down there now. And there's all these eight, nine, 10 year olds leaning over the altar for an hour of worship and prayer, hands raised. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, they don't look bored. Yeah. They're all in. <laughs> That's right. Well, when you position your kids to have their own encounter, yeah. 
then we're getting way down the road. See, I believe encounter provokes interest in knowledge mm-hmm. instead of the other way around. Yeah. See, what religion good. does says we're going to indoctrinate you, train you, teach you, and at some point it's going to lead you to really want to know God. Biblically, everybody had the encounter first. Yeah. Paul got knocked to the ground before right. he ever studied you wow. know, who Jesus really was. That's true. And on and on it goes. So... I say set them up for encounter and that encounter will produce a knowledge yeah. and then that will be their so foundation good. for the rest of their days. I know we've definitely done that. You know, yeah. it was like um, we had the prophetic team in town praying over our church. Uh-huh. Yep. Snuck we, my kids right we, in. <laughs> as you do. We snuck them in there, pursuit nights. You know, we serve on the weekend and our kids are serving with us. Right. Even that's a value for us is getting them to use their gifts to serve the body of Christ and, so when they show up on Sunday, they're ready to they're ready to get to work. They're mm-hmm. ready to do it alongside of us. And so they find joy in that as well. They have the ownership. And so we look for any opportunity that we can to get them in the presence, to do that and and at, at home as much as possible, keeping the peace there. And um, so I think as a parent, right, I'm thinking about what is the hope that I have? What is the hope that I have that my kids are going to be okay? Yeah. What is the hope that I have that they're not going to be the, st- the statistic and walk away from, right. from God? And uh, and so, again, I want to get them to encounter God because at adolescence, they have to start to wrap their mind around their faith yeah. process. Yep. And so if that encounter is there and they've experienced him, I feel like it just makes it a no-brainer that like God is real because I've, I've tasted and seen for myself. Right. And so that's kind of our goal. So, you know, I, I like you said, we want to pick up the plane. The hope that we have is that Jesus is, he speaks to our kids. We say it all the time. There is no junior Holy Spirit. That's right. Come on. Our kids can hear from God. Our kids can experience God and be used by God at every age. You know, every summer when we do adventure camp, that's our goal, that these kids would experience him. That's one right. that, And I pray that often, one that they would never forget, mm-hmm. never forget and, and, and use that for their faith journey. Um, so thinking forward, you know, last night we, we got to see an early screening of this new movie coming out, the Jesus revolution movie. It was powerful. Yeah, it was, you know, for 25 years as a church, we've been praying for a move of God. That's right. That experience that we're talking about. So what do you see? What have we been praying for? What, what is it that you're longing for that obviously is, is for your pastoral heart, but as, as much as it is for this next generation to experience God, what do you see and what are you praying for? Well, I, what we're believing God for and what I've been prophesying for a, a few years at least is that Jesus Revolution Part 2, um, I think with where culture is, if you really look at culture, you look at our nation, you look at our state, I think only a true outpouring of the Holy Spirit is going gonna, is gonna to shift the needle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you look at churches and politics and school systems, the way our kids are being educated and gender confusion and all that you guys are going to cover on this podcast in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's such a tide against our kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and before I share my thought about outpouring, I would just challenge, admonish, encourage every parent listening to not take this warfare lightly. Yeah. Um, it's time to to really be alert and awake to what's yeah. happening with our kids. Yeah. There's a there's a raging battle and the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, so we have to apply those weapons. Mm-hmm. But there there is a real enemy, John 1010, 10, who's trying to steal, kill, and destroy our children. And mm-hmm. it's right in our face. Yeah. So we have to be aggressive as parents to yeah. go. Not on my watch, That's not right. my kids, yep. as for me and my house, and get a holy uh, 
just a boldness, even at righteous anger. Yeah. The, the word, the Absolutely. biblical word is indignation. Yep. Yeah. Like I'm ticked off about this in a good way yep. and I'm not going to be passive right. about raising my kids That's and right. guarding my kids and training my kids and praying over my kids. But our hope is this. As we watched that movie last night in the Jesus Revolution, because I was there as a young kid, a junior high age kid in, in the Jesus movement of the early 1970s, is we're believing God do it again. Amen. Right. And our prayer is Habakkuk uh, chapter 3, verse 2, that says, Lord, we've heard of your fame mm. and we stand in awe of your deeds Renew them in our day, in yes. our time, make them known. So that's our heart is God, do it again, do it in our day, sweep in like you did. If you think about the 1960s, the late 1960s, we had the Vietnam War, we had Nixon coming in as president, we had moral upheaval, we had the sexual revolution, yeah. which uh, preceded the largest just outbreak of STDs in the history of America, the largest levels of suicide in America. We had a disillusioned generation that were living on the streets, thus the hippies, yeah. right? Yep. So by 1969, after the summer of love, our nation was just in complete upheaval, turmoil, yeah. and it looked like things were falling apart. And all the the morals and the stability of the 1950s where everybody went to church on the weekend, everybody could see that this was long gone. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it looked like the nation was literally, you know, going to hell on the bobsled. And God just said, watch this. Wow. Yeah. And in That's 1970, whew, Holy Spirit wow. blew in Southern California, blew on Calvary Chapel, Chuck Smith and the birthing of a revolution. And we watched that movie last night. And as we watched it, here's what I realized. The leaders that came out of that, these were hippies. Yeah. Raul Reese yeah. from his amazing church down in LA and John Corson up in Oregon and John Wimber who started the vineyard movement and uh, Greg Laurie who started Harvest Crusades. These guys were just hippies on acid. <laughs> Seriously. And my generation can relate to that. Yeah. And, and the Holy Spirit came in and made amazing leaders. Now, here's the thing. One move of God that happened in the 1970s predominantly because things got dry again in the 80s. But that move, that window of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit built churches that in turn shaped and raised up leaders. I got mm. saved because of those leaders. Yeah. Wow. I followed God because of those churches. Yeah. I was greatly impacted by John Wimber, yeah. greatly wow. impacted by Calvary Chapel. Uh, and so now I'm building a church all because God said, watch what Come I'm going to do. So wow. I'm, now I'm preaching to you guys and no, it's a podcast, great. but here's what we're <laughs> praying for. That's right. We're saying, God, do it again in our day. That's, That's right. right. Pour out your spirit in our day, in our time, make it known. And when the Holy Spirit moves, I believe we're going to see 12, 13, 14 year olds Come filled on. with the Holy Spirit preaching. Revival is on. And now another generation has hope because yeah. I still have hope for California. I still That's have right. hope Absolutely. for America. I still believe in for a move of God on the West Coast in Jesus name. In Jesus name. <laughs> Well, I think that's amazing to hear uh, from a perspective of somebody who's raised amazing kids. That's right. We put our hope in Jesus. Amen. Yes. He, he's the one who has all authority. He has the final say. And despite what culture says, despite what I'm afraid of as a parent, I have to run back to Jesus. That's right. I have to go back to him and say, you have the, the authority. And I love that. Pray bold prayers. That's right. Come on. Get, get passionate about it. Get on fire about our kids and eternity and what it looks like. And uh, that gives me hope today. That's right. Gives me hope for the future. So, um, Pastor Dave, I just would love if you would just pray for our parents today before we wrap up. Oh, you bet. Um, just praying that whatever they're facing, you know, that they would know that they're not alone. We're in this together and that there is hope that God is moving and that he can do big things even in this day and age. Come on. Yeah, I'm going to pray. And if 
Yeah, if you're listening right now and you are, in fact, a parent, I just want you to extend your heart with some faith that, that you're going to receive today, insight for your family, for your kids. If they're That's you know, right. 10 years old or, or 25, you're going to receive insight today. So, Father, we ask right now that you would um, give us a, an urgency to uh, understand the times we're living in and to guard our families. I pray for every parent right now that they would drive every enemy out of their inheritance, yes. that we would not compromise or tolerate the idols and the things that are trying to destroy our families That's and right. take our kids down. So Father, let us take our watch. Let us take that posture of spiritual authority and spiritual covering. I pray for yes. a boldness. I pray for a fresh passion. And let us realize as parents, we are the ones that cover them in prayer, we bring an example for them to follow. We train them in the way that they should go. So yes, raise God. up strong parents that will raise up young kids and sons and daughters that know their God and know the word that can shape a nation and make change in their world. Yes, we God. pray grace and encounter and your just your blessing over every parent listening today. Set us on fire for you. And uh, we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Dave, for joining Thank us. Thank you so much. We love to hear your heart. It always bleeds through, and we we followed it for so many years. Yeah. So, parents, I hope you're encouraged today. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of No Greater Joy. For more episodes and resources, visit stowministries.com, where you'll also find links to connect with us on social media. Parenting can be tough, so let's stick together. Because in the end, there's, there's no, no greater, greater joy, joy.